0: are on the line.
1: You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Lance Dawn, ESPN 1067 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Happy Friday, everybody! If your RV isn't here yet, you are behind. And you are probably lacking serious real estate at this point. I'm stuck in some serious traffic. <laughs> Christian Clemente of auburnsports.com joining us now for the Friday edition of the show I don't think anybody heard Christian say that the mic wasn't on you're going to be stuck in serious traffic right
2: yeah it's a good thing that I'm actually here for this radio I wasn't convinced I was going to be able to make it through all the traffic but (laughs) I I made it so
1: on the flip side you're here for the first half hour of the show and then you've got to get to Auburn's pro day are you going to get there in time that's the real question
2: yeah I'm a little concerned about that but I'll, I'll get there
1: where are you going to park? You're going to park by the arena?
2: I think the arena parking lot is still open. I know they shut down the Coliseum in the morning, but the arena should stay open until 10 tonight, hopefully.
3: <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Lance, how are you doing today, man? Doing fantastic, man. Again, like we were talking about, uh, I believe it was on yeah Wednesday, saying like the week has flown by and you look up, here we are on Friday, we're going to make our picks, college football tomorrow. Really excited about this Auburn-Georgia game, man
1: number to call 334-321-1390 if you've got questions for us if you've got questions for christian clemente of com, we are a day before a massive football game but before we get to said football game because that's largely what we're going to talk about were you at tip off at tumors yesterday
2: i was yeah that was it was a ton of fun i mean you can't replicate that anywhere else it's great to have you know Bruce is incredible he's an incredible ambassador for Auburn not just basketball but Auburn as a whole and it was an awesome atmosphere last night
1: take me through some of the things that you remember from last night as well as maybe any impressions or takeaways that you got
2: yeah so Bruce started well first off Dylan Cardwell I don't know if anyone saw the videos or the pictures of him he had a crown on and stuff like that Bruce was out there they ended up getting a massive USA chant going um that was hype yeah, it was, I mean, it was really loud out there. There were probably, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand people out there. Unfortunately, they couldn't do the dunk contest because the court was pretty slick. I ended up stepping on it, and I thought I was about to fall just standing on it. From the three-point competition, um, they ended up just kind of doubling down and doing two of those. Zepp Jasper won it the first time, and Jabari Smith won it the second time. So I wasn't overly shocked to see Jabari Smith win the three-point competition. I still think he's going to lead this team in terms of three-point percentage shooting this year.
1: What about Alan Flanagan on one leg?
2: Yeah, that was wild. I didn't. I mean, I didn't expect him to participate or anything like that. And I've seen him in practice a couple times, shooting from the corner and just doing stuff like that. But th- that was cool to see. That was that was really cool for Alan.
1: That's got to be a good sign, right, for Alan Flanagan? I know that he's not going to be able to play for quite some time, based on the diagnosis and what the team and the university said in their press release from Back, but you got to be willing to bet if there's one of these guys on this team that's going to fight their way to back to get on the floor as soon as possible, Alan Flanagan's one of those oh, guys, yeah. and he should be back out there by SEC play.
2: Yeah, no, Bruce, um, Well, we talked with Alan afterwards. He said that he was feeling really good, and it was going really well. Bruce talked about Alan started in a wheelchair, and he was doing dribbling drills in a wheelchair. And then as soon as he was able to get on a scooter, he started shooting from the scooter. And now he just has the, uh, like the cast on his foot. And so now he's been shooting even more. So Allen is working incredibly hard despite his injury to stay to stay working a little bit.
3: Any concern there with Bruce announcing during uh, Tiger Talk that Walker Kessler apparently has a mild concussion?
2: No, I'm not really concerned. From what I've heard, it's very, very mild. And it, it's not a Justin Powell type situation. He'll probably be back practicing next week or the week after. Not a concern.
1: Zeb Jasper, three-point sharpshooter. Or do you think maybe that was just you know he was having a good time last night? I
2: think he was just hot last night. I still think Wendell Green is a better three-point shooter. Wendell Green would have won the competition if they were shooting from Little Italy. And they were (laughs) shooting really far away. He he was too close to the basket, honestly. But I think Zep just had a good night. I still think uh, Zep is a pretty decent three-point shooter. But that was some of the best three-point shooting I've ever seen out of him.
1: All right, let's flip the page now. Football, what everybody's coming into town for this weekend. I hope folks, though, do end up taking part in what is a pretty fun athletics weekend laden for for the Auburn Tigers. A lot of stuff going on. Maybe folks stick around for some of the stuff going on tonight and then into the weekend as well. There's a lot of stuff going on around campus, so I hope everybody has a fun weekend here on the Plains and a safe weekend at that as well and a blessed weekend. But talking about this football game, Auburn-Georgia, I'm sure you've seen there's a lot of optimism of the Auburn fan base. The LSU game got everybody pumped up. What was your takeaways of Death Valley?
2: Yeah, Death Valley, that was I mean, it's hard to put into words. It's a historic win for Auburn. and They haven't won there since before I was alive. So take that into account. And I mean, Bo played, without a doubt, the best road game of his career. I'm willing to say that's the best game of his career, just because of the heroics that he had. But that can be debated a little bit. But overall, it's it's a season-deciding win for Auburn. We talked about it last week. It tilts the scales one way or the other. If they lose that game, they're in big trouble moving forward. I know Ole Miss lost and Arkansas lost, and those games look a little more winnable now, along with Texas A&M, but still, if you lose to LSU and then you have to play Georgia, it makes the season a whole lot more difficult. Getting that win was massive, and like you said, it brings some added confidence. They're obviously pretty big underdogs, like 15-point underdogs, but There's some confidence. People can see a path to victory now in this game.
3: And obviously fans are going to be really excited tomorrow, and the crowd definitely should be somewhat of a factor. How much do you think it affects Georgia and their game plan and their communication?
2: I think it affects Georgia a lot more than some other teams because Georgia is a school that consistently produces a lot of NFL talent. They're consistently cycling players in and out. So a lot of these kids might not have played in big atmospheres before like this because of COVID last year or just being freshmen now. So I do think the Jordan-Harris Stadium atmosphere can create at least some chaos for Georgia.
1: You know, when we've seen this Georgia football team recently, I'm going to say JT Daniels' first start, I think that was the Mississippi State game last year, to where they're at right now. Neither of these quarterbacks have played in this hostile of a road environment, so that's going to have to be a factor. I want to ask you, though, JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett quarterback doesn't matter that when they've played good teams they've only won by like a touchdown and the offense hasn't looked great in it either Mm -hmm. Cincinnati last year 24 to 17 Mississippi State game struggled their way to that victory 31 24 this year only scored three points against Clemson on offense ended up getting the defensive touchdown to put them up 10 to 3 Arkansas I think you could say is a good team but heinous matchup for Arkansas just considering how one-dimensional they are when they played a team with a great defense or a good defense it's typically been a pretty close ball game so what do you think about this 15 point line
2: yeah I think Auburn's at least going to cover the line or cover the spread and for me personally I think this is the best offense that Georgia's defense has played so far Clemson's offense is atrocious Arkansas is very one-dimensional like you said and it fits very well to how Georgia wants to play defensively so I think this Auburn offense does present at least some challenges to that very good Georgia defense. I'll give them a ton of credit. They're the best in the country, but Auburn has a good chance offensively to really challenge this Georgia defense. And then looking at it defensively, I mean, I think Auburn's secondary proved against LSU they can make some adjustments. They can be better. They got just destroyed on that first drive by Max Johnson and Kayshawn Boutte. It was like, uh oh, this is about to be the Penn State game all over again. Derek Mason makes some adjustments and they look a lot better the rest of the game. So if they can keep making those adjustments and looking strong, I do like what this Auburn defense is going to be able to do because they're really good at stopping the run, and that's how Georgia likes to play. So if they can contain the run and force Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels to beat them, I think that's a good opportunity for Auburn.
1: Why do you think this defense right now is starting games this way? Great at making adjustments, but why is the game plan not where it needs to be at the start?
2: You know, I wish I had the answer for that. I I think Derek Mason wishes he had the answer for that, too. I think they have been consistently going into the game with a game plan that they like, and it just hasn't worked. I mean, against Penn State, they rushed three a ton. And after the game, Colby Wooden said that they felt like they could get pressure on the quarterback rushing three. They didn't get any pressure on the quarterback rushing three, and they didn't make adjustments against Penn State, and that's part of the reason why they lost. Against LSU, they started to make those adjustments, and that was good. So Derek Mason's going to need to continue to do that this week because... Whatever game plan they have against Georgia, obviously it's going to change. And it'll be the same on offense. It's not like it's Derek Mason's fault. Game plans just change. The game just doesn't go the way you expect it to.
3: And obviously, I believe if they're going to send four or five guys, they may have a difficult time getting home, but they may get home a couple of different times. Looking at this quarterback position, though, JT Daniels, Stetson Bennett, we still don't know who's truly going to start. Who would you rather play against if you're an Auburn fan looking at this Georgia offense?
2: Ooh, that's tough because I watched Stetson Bennett and just – Dice up Auburn last year in Athens, right. so that's a little. It,
1: and you're also looking at a hurt JT Daniels, probably. Like and, I doubt he's a hundred percent. So you're getting wounded JT Daniels or fully healthy
3: Stetson Bennett. And if, then also, I was listening to Saturday Down South, uh, one of their podcasts earlier, and uh, they said in their words, uh, from what they have heard. Uh, Stetson Bennett is dealing with a severe knee laceration meaning like he's got a really deep cut on one of his knees how does that happen and Bennett said that it wasn't a problem but the point that Saturday Down South was was making is like well if it wasn't a problem Georgia wouldn't be talking about it so it it could be it could be something interesting there
2: um I guess I would probably pick JT Daniels just because I think he's like you said no he's not going to be 100% and it might impact his throwing a little bit if they're able to get some pressure on him get the loud atmosphere a little bit, get in his head just a little bit. I guess I would go JT Daniels. Kind but of
1: Jake Fromm-esque, 2017. Yeah.
2: So I think either of those quarterbacks are both very talented, but they're obviously dealing with some injuries, so it makes it a little more difficult.
1: Lance, you bring up knee laceration, I think, to Monty Python, and I, I say, tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> exactly.
3: And see, that's what uh, – it's just like it's just a cut on your knee, right? You stitch it up or you put a Band-Aid on it, you're all good. But according to what they were saying, well, it's like – deep laceration no, no, it's like serious. it's a severe laceration. This guy it's, almost loses knee? It's a legitimate cut. And like you just said, when did that happen? <laughs> it's like, I don't – what?
1: They didn't let this guy throw the football, so when did this happen?
3: Right. So it, it could be a concern in this quarterback room. If, there, if injury is a concern with Bennett – I would take either of them. Like you, like we've talked about on the show this week, Noah, very similar statistically. They've not really had to throw the ball a lot this, so far this year. Are they going to make one of these quarterbacks do it over the other? I don't think so. When
1: they do, they don't stretch the field. According to Pro Football
3: Focus, they've only thrown
1: 10 passes beyond 20 yards to the line of scrimmage. Like 60, over 60% of passes, if I remember correctly, are either within 10 yards or behind the line of scrimmage out of this Georgia offense. That's like Wisconsin-esque. Yeah.
2: I think the one thing that would help Auburn if Stetson Bennett were to start is he's a little bit more of a risky quarterback from what I've seen. He'll, he'll make some risky throws. Career. Yeah, nine yeah. picks in his career. He'll he'll make some risky throws, and Rod McCreary, Jalen Simpson, Nehemiah Pritchett, all those guys are going to – be hoping for those risky throws yeah
3: it's good for two pick sixes a year we've only cashed in on one (laughs) having having Jalen Simpson in this defensive backfield I think is going to be really important for Auburn because we talked about it earlier this week as well talking about the depth in the secondary Auburn's going to need everybody they can get and Simpson played lights out against LSU according to pro football focus last weekend
2: yeah Jalen Simpson played incredible and you know it kind of goes to show I don't want to say people forgot about him but he had that injury, he wasn't able to play, and people were like, okay, we're pretty good. I mean, Jalen Simpson, when healthy, is incredible. He was really good last year against Kentucky. He got hurt, was never really quite the same. And then look what he did against LSU. If Jalen Simpson can stay healthy, that is a massive boost for the secondary because then you could put, you could slide Nehemiah Pritchett in, have him play nickel a little bit. And if you have those three guys out there kind of playing three corners or two corners and a nickel, however you want to call it, it's really good for Auburn's secondary
1: ear to the ground I got two questions for you just seeing what you know and what you can tell us about this before we go to the phone lines first of all from what you know and you may not know anything about the situation who do you think starts for Georgia at quarterback
2: uh Stetson Bennett
1: you do and then the second question I've got is what do you know about TD Moultrie at this point
2: TD Moultrie I would not expect to see him out there on Saturday it's uh it's a situation that they're going to continue to deal with moving forward. So, I got you.
1: Well, let's head to the phone lines now. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number to call. We got Ty the Tiger with us. Ty, how you doing today?
4: Uh pretty good, guys. So, if I did hear, he, he did say that Maltry, um he won't play tomorrow. So, it is a, it is a um, compliance issue, not a COVID or medical issue, is what the. Uh, what i was wondering about with him i think i asked you guys about that yesterday
1: i don't think we know for certain what the issue is i think what we do know is that he's probably not going to play tomorrow and this may be something that continues along the lines would that be what you'd say mm-hmm. christian yeah
4: i got you okay um i will say man i just wanted to piggyback about last night man that that was so cool um I mean, I took my family down there. We had such a good time. Uh, you know, I had to put the kids on both of our shoulders because it was so packed uh, just to see it. But yeah, oh, I tell you, man, when um, when Chambers came out with the uh, with the with the uh, uh, W D Championship belt, man, that was pretty cool as well. I mean, it was hype. I ain't gonna lie. I told, I told my son, I was like, man, this are supposed to have this really, really tall. Um, guy from North Carolina, so I'm glad I got the update on that because I was wondering. I was like, man, where is he at? You know, I didn't know COVID or what, but I I, I didn't see him out there. So, um, you know, at, but everybody, we looked good. The girls looked good. I mean, it was it was a fun thing to do. Um, lots of people, man. It was it was a good thing that Auburn. I mean, it's just it's just so cool. You can go do things like that, you know, um, around town. So um, that just props to the Auburn people again. That's just. I mean, tip-off at tumors. That's, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of people's done a lot of things, but putting a basketball court in the middle of your um, downtown area on campus, I mean, I, I guess that's got to be a first, you know what I mean?
1: 100%. <laughs> Ty, yeah, here, here's what well, I think Auburn should do. I think they need to play a game, an exhibition game. You're allowed to play one division opponent for charity every, every year. You're allowed to do one division opponent for charity for an exhibition game. Let's put it in Jordan-Hare Stadium, and let's sign up one of the Blue Bloods.
4: Like a like, well, obviously not a Kentucky, but like a Michigan State or somebody like that. That's, That's what i right.
1: talking about. Or, or let's do it regular season. Nobody would agree to this. No, the other team would not want to agree to that. That would be a horrible decision on their part. But I'm just saying, it would be so sick to play a game like that in Jordan Hare Stadium.
4: It would. It would. It would be pretty cool. Also, maybe you know something like that in um in um uh it, at Mercedes Benz. You know, uh, a little you know preseason uh tournament like they do would be cool but uh yeah. but but anyway guys I did want to call and just comment on the on the game tomorrow um you know I, I didn't want to sound all doom and gloom yesterday um you know and I, I had a couple people call after me and just kind of you know just yeah I, I do apologize that I, I meant it that way it just I, I just I don't think that we fixed our problem. And I think that's the point I was trying to get across with Bo Nix. Like, what he did Saturday didn't fix the problem. He made the plays that he's usually either getting sacked on or throwing picks on. Instead, Saturday, he made all the throws. He made all the plays. Um, you know, I am more or less uh, look at things like a little bit more of, of realistic than just the, the, the blue and orange goggles on. I mean, I realize how much we've lost this past year. To be even doing what we're doing and competing, to me, again, I, and I think I told you guys this uh, the week before, it speaks to me. This speaks highly on the coaching staff. I know a lot of fans are very upset, but I think our coaching staff is getting way more out of these group of guys um, than the prior coaching staff uh, would have. Wow. I, I think we're we're I think we're playing. That way better than our talent is right now when we line up eleven versus eleven, um, and, and I and I think the future's bright. Now, that being said, tomorrow I got a score prediction for you guys. Go for it. I got nineteen seventeen.
1: Is that Georgia Auburn. or Auburn? Oh, you got Auburn.
4: Auburn. <laughs> so I what changed think, your tune? <laughs> well, no, nah, I think it's going to be a long day tomorrow. I yeah. really do. I mean, but now don't get me wrong. I might. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if, if if somebody talks about your sister, you know, or your brother, you're allowed to talk about them, but you can't let other people talk about. Them. That's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> so I can talk about my team. That don't mean I don't I don't believe in my team, and I don't think we're gonna win. I, I, you know, I, I think we got a chance to win tomorrow. I really yeah. do. I think. I, I what I was saying yesterday. I think it just has to. It's gonna take a lot of uh, special events to happen. And, hey, that usually does in Jordan here when we need it to happen. So, who knows? Um, but I, I really – I think, guys, I think y'all hit the nail on the head as far as – I think I think our defense will play a lot better at home. I think their offense is going to struggle. And then, I, you know, on the other end of it, I, I think our offense is going to play better than, than they've been playing because they're at home. Our crowd's going to get them into it. I mean, their defense is going to be stout no matter what. 99 – if we don't – if, if – you know, you talking about um, you talking about halftime adjustments. Let me tell you something. If they ain't got a plan for 99 walking in the game, <laughs> yeah. it might be a it might be trouble quick. And uh, and it don't matter who starts for uh, quarterback on Georgia because they'll be down seven nothing with a stupid score. 99 <laughs> is a beast. I think right. he is just a, a, a guy. But anyway, but I'm looking forward to it, guys um it, it it really is look it, here's the difference between i'll tell you guys this uh my opinion here's the difference between being a, a, a alabama fan a, a florida fan or a georgia fan and an auburn fan if we lose saturday it's still great to be an auburn tiger uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it don't matter
1: ty you we know, gotta I mean, head it. to a quick break my man
4: y'all be good Worry you about
1: appreciate it ty we'll see you That was Ty the Tiger here on the line with us. We're going to head to a quick commercial break, but he's right about that. It is good to be an Auburn Tiger, and we'll be back with more of On the Line on the other side of this break. Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com with us here on the show. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Friday edition of the show, we got Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com for just one more segment here with us, talking Auburn, Georgia, as well as Auburn Basketball Pro Day. And then also Auburn football recruiting. We need you for longer, but I understand duty calls. First things first, long list of recruits coming to the ballgame tomorrow.
2: Yeah, there's a ton of recruits. There's official visitors, unofficials in 22, unofficials in 23, unofficials in 24, four stars, five stars, some very talented three stars that are on the rise. I mean, there's a huge list of kids that are going to be here.
1: Do we feel like Auburn has a good shot for a lot of these guys?
2: I don't know if I would say a lot, but there's some that Auburn certainly has a really good chance at. Um, Drew Bobo will be here, which I would expect him to be announcing a commitment here soon in the next week or two, and I have my future cast in for Auburn. Um, His teammate at Auburn High, Eston Harris – feel like auburn's really gaining some more traction there and auburn's in a good spot with him uh one of the official visitors austin Osberry, he's from baton rouge his dad works in athletics at lsu but he really likes auburn so it's big that they're getting him in for an official visit um there's a couple of guys that are committed to other schools tay woody who's committed to florida state auburn feels really good about being able to get him he's
1: from lafette right
2: yeah. yeah Um, michael williams the five star who's committed to uh, southern cal but he's on flip watch you know georgia alabama florida auburn they're all pursuing him but auburn feels like it at least has a fighting chance with michael and then the last one is robert woodyard a linebacker out of mobile i believe he's committed to alabama and auburn really likes its chances with woodyard and with tay woody so those are a couple of kids who could flip to auburn and who will be here this weekend
1: what about our boy darius clemens
2: Yeah, um, Auburn's still pursuing him really hard, and I think Auburn, in my opinion, still leads a little bit. Um, The Cornelius Williams firing didn't really affect him that much. He was honestly being recruited more by Keesaw and Harson because they were from Boise, so they had that past relationship with him. I don't think it's a good thing that the Cornelius Williams firing happened. Like, I don't think it's a positive in any sense, but it's not a big negative for his recruitment, so... Auburn's still waiting on him we don't really have a timeline on when he's going to announce his commitment but that one's really down to Auburn Oregon I know it's Auburn Oregon Penn State but Auburn likes his chances there
1: pro day that's where you're going after this did all 30 teams get in
2: so there were supposed to be 28 last I heard all 30 are going to be here so there's going to be a big crowd slackers <laughs> there's going to be a big crowd for Jabari Smith you know they'll they'll be able to get some measurements and at least talk with Alan Flanagan a little bit. I feel bad for Walker Kessler because of the concussion. That sucks because he would have been another big one for Pro Day, but they're they're here for Jabari and they're going to get to see him. So
1: any other players that maybe could get on the fringe there off of this team? I mean, I, I guess they're going to get to see everybody, right?
2: Yeah, they'll get to see everybody. It's going to be like a they'll do some practice drills, they'll do the measurements and stuff, and then they're going to do a scrimmage. Um, so that'll be good for Auburn. Um, I think Wendell Green, obviously not after this year, but Wendell Green is a guy that has a chance to make it at the next level, I think. Or, really? At five foot eleven? Yeah, I think he could be, you know, maybe a second round pick or go undrafted, kind of the Jared Harper route. That gets sort. me pumped.
1: So, this guy must be the real deal, I like as Wendell they a said lot. about Jared Harper, worth the price of admission.
2: Yeah, Wendell is a ton of fun to watch, so That'll be good, and there's going to be some basketball recruits there as well. Um, A couple of 2023 guys that are all very highly rated, and then Jarris Walker, the big five-star. He's in town for an official this weekend.
1: Yeah, I've got a question about that because he recently just visited Alabama, right? He did, yeah, and his
2: his teammate at IMG committed to Alabama right before they went on a visit there together to Alabama.
1: So, like, this thing's close, isn't it?
2: It's Auburn, Alabama, Houston, and they are all neck and neck. It's really hard (laughs) to pick a leader out of those three, but he does not, like – he wants to not delay his recruitment, but he wants to he still has a lot of time to go, I should say. Yeah. Like he's not in a hurry to make a commitment.
3: The sweepstakes for Zion <laughs> for for the next Zion, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're hyping up Wendell Green this much, Jared Harper's my favorite basketball player ever. If he's on a Jared Harper level, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this point guard position after seeing what it was like last season.
2: Look, there's going to be a game I'm telling you right now where he drops 35 points, at least. There's going to be a game where he just goes
3: absolutely Go
2: stupid, yeah. out of his mind. I've seen him pull shots over 6 foot 10 Jabari Smith in his face from the logo and hit it. Like he's absurd. He has just points where he just goes nuts and he turns into a different player. That's tell gonna happen at one point this season.
3: tell me about this kid's composure because I really like the way that Jared harper handled- handled himself. I don't and I'm not saying Kareem Canty was a bad player. I just don't want it to turn into that type of confidence to where it's a detriment to your team
2: i don't I don't think it's that situation um Wendell's a talker that's what he is he'll he'll take like some shots at the other team a little bit and he'll pick a he'll just take a little jabs a little bit so i don't think his confidence ever gets really too low he'll keep shooting and he'll work his way out of it but he does have some maturing to do a little bit as well
1: football game tomorrow yep. prediction who you got
2: i'm going georgia and i'm going 17 to 10 okay i think auburn's going to cover but it's going to be a very low scoring affair
1: man all right i could see like 17 13 i don't see auburn having any like a a pretty looking score at the end of this ball game. You yeah. follow me? I, I'm, I I'm thinking field goals. <laughs> yeah, maybe just maybe Anders Carlson can do all the damage.
3: <laughs> LSU 2016 yes. all over again.
1: 18 to like 14 or something <laughs> like that. Auburn. That would be that would be awesome. uh Key matchup of this ball game?
2: Uh, I don't know if it's a key matchup, but the key thing for me would just be Auburn needs to get some big plays, whether it's on defense and interception, yep. on special teams, you know, block field goal, block punt, whatever. Auburn needs some big plays that aren't on offense. And even on offense, they need some big plays that they haven't had so far.
1: Whip out the bat signal for Barton Lester. We need the man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that'll work too. Anything that Auburn can get on special teams or just on defense will be huge. They need some big plays that they haven't really had quite so far. Christian, appreciate you joining us, my man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me.
0: Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back.
1: On the line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Fun show so far today. A big thank you to Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com for joining us
5: for the first half hour of the show. But now we've got Zach Blackerby, the Locked On Auburn Podcast with us. Zach, how you doing today, my man? Guys, I'm doing well. I'm liking this Friday gig. You know, I have been coming on Wednesdays. last few weeks I've been on a Friday. I'm kind of liking it. I'm not going to lie.
1: We've got to get people pumped up for the ball game. That's right.
5: Wait, is there a game tomorrow? There is a game tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's In right. case you
1: forgot, I know basketball season may have started yesterday, but there man, is a game tomorrow. Man, that
5: stuff was hype, by the way. Bruce Pearl running onto the court at Toomer's Corner with an American flag with people chanting USA. That I, was hype. Just when I can't love this man anymore, he does something like that. Give it to me, Bruce. Give it to me. But, yeah, we can talk football. That's fine. Before we get to football, though,
1: I do want to touch for just a second on tip-off at Toomer's. Okay. I mean, there was a lot of exciting things that happened there. Alan Flanagan, three-point contest boot on his foot with one one leg yeah Yeah. one-legged Alan Flanagan
5: I think who he beat out though just barely is uh is a storyline in and of itself there's been all this talk about Jabari there's been all this talk about uh there's been all this talk about Wendell Green and and, you know the excitement he's gonna have Katie Johnson coming over from Georgia gotta throw that dig in um as you know you look at who Auburn's playing tomorrow but uh Zeb Jasper Except Jasper was making it rain last night. So, big fan of that guy.
1: On top of that, it's it's great to see all of these players interacting with the fans, which you and I were talking about this off-air. It's more about the interaction with the fans. It's more about getting these guys in front of the fans than it being about basketball for tip-off at Tumors, which is a great thing. But when I see videos of Dylan Cardwell doing whatever Dylan Cardwell does, and when I'm seeing Jabari Smith give away the shoes that he wore at the event to kids and seeing all of these guys take pictures and whatnot – it's a great feeling to see these guys interact with the fan base.
5: It's like Jabari's already in the uh, in the NBA. He's already doing things that NBA players do. So he's just practicing, and I love it. It's going for a good call, so I think that's great. But you're right. You're right. I mean people um, people lined up down Mag and down College Street, just wanted to get a glimpse of Auburn basketball, which is crazy to think about. And you just talk about the branding that Bruce Pearl is so good at in the marketing of it all, and then also the recruiting and the sales pitch. I mean the basketball community is pretty tight knit and, you know, guys that are that are in, you know, the, the AAU circuit and all that stuff, they all talk and they're seeing what's happening. There's a there's a reason that uh, there's a reason that Bruce Pearl puts a lot of energy into it. And so very, very cool stuff to see. No question about it.
1: Course, let's flip the page. There is a football game tomorrow, yeah. as if you know, tailgaters coming into town on a Wednesday didn't quite tell you that, and it's fall break. But I imagine this is going to be one of the most electrifying environments we've seen jordan Hare Stadium in quite
5: some time since pre pandemic. What are your expectations for tomorrow? Um, I'm not as confident as a lot of the Auburn fan base is. I think 14 and a half that line, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think Auburn's just got to keep it close, and then in the second half, if they're, you know, in that game, that maybe they emptied the kitchen sink and they just kind of go all in on trying to win this game. But um, I, I could see a lot of different things happening. I could see Auburn keeping it close, but I also think the Georgia running game will be in a situation to slowly, um, slowly run down Auburn's defense. I, I see that being a likely scenario. We'll see we've been talking about you know how elite Auburn's run defense is. They haven't played really teams that are good at running the football, so we'll see. We'll see if they'll put their money where their mouth is on Saturday. And then on the other side of the ball, my biggest question is, how is Auburn going to score points? And I just have a hard time seeing them really going to be able to to reach that that 20 point mark if you if you could promise me, hey Auburn's going to score 21. I'm gonna hesitate and think about you know who I'm picking for that game, but I just I just don't see them getting to twenty.
3: When you look at this offense, right, and like you just mentioned, it's probably gonna be difficult to score points. Obviously, getting stops on defense would help that in terms of field position and maybe possibly creating a turnover. We're pretty sure that Stetson Bennett the fourth is going to be playing this game for Georgia. How is Auburn going to try and make him uncomfortable? You mentioned the run game. Could Auburn potentially try and make them one dimensional and try to throw the ball with Bennett?
5: I think you have to. I think you have to do that because I'm I'm not convinced that their passing game is elite. You just have to sell out to stop the run against Georgia. Then a lot of matchups really favor the offense when you kind of have to go all in on stopping the run. So I, I think Auburn has the dudes on the outside to to match up with Georgia's wide receivers. I think that's something that that you got to like if you're an Auburn fan. It's just, can you stop the run? Can you limit play action? And when they do pass, if you get in on a, on a third and long situation, can you rush the passer? Georgia's offensive line is very, very good. Auburn's pass rush has been hit or miss. They looked really good against LSU, but LSU has a really bad offensive line. So just a lot of things to think about. But can Auburn win this game? Sure, but they're going to have to manufacture some mismatches, and I just don't see there being a whole lot of mismatches in Auburn's favor right now.
1: Auburn offense you said if we could promise that Auburn will score 21 points they've got a shot in this game you think to the game two years ago in Jordan-Hare Stadium Auburn loses 21 to 14 they had a drive to where they could have tied up the ball game and you got to know every Auburn fan in that stadium was believing that that was what was going to happen and that maybe something was written in the stars for Auburn to have a special finish that year it didn't happen this year what can Auburn do for that to be different
5: Hmm. I think uh, you need Bo Nix to do what he did against LSU. I think you need Bo Nix to be an exciting player where he just kind of wins plays on his own from time to time. You need to get a running game going. You need to keep Georgia's defense on the field, have those long drives so your defense is off the field resting. Um, I, I think that's what you got to do. And, you know, Brian Harson talked about playing hard-nosed football. We haven't really seen them do that yet, even at LSU. I mean, they just threw the ball so much and they really couldn't get a running game going. So, is that how you attack this Georgia defense? I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine them coming out with Tank and Jarquez and, and running it early and often. You can't imagine that's a good strategy, but hey, if they are able to do it, even if they have to pass to set that up, I think that's going to be a big part of it. And then get into a bunch of third and short situations. Just give yourself a chance on third down. That's going to be the biggest part of it. We'll see how they balance you know, the shot plays versus you know conservative passes and runs and things of that nature, but... I think that's what you got to do. You just got to get it to where it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter, and then it's anybody's game, especially an Auburn team at Jordan Hare Stadium.
1: Auburnness, the Auburny quality, right? Yeah,
5: you and I were talking about that around the office earlier, and you know, what are reasons Auburn can win this game? And yeah, you said uh, that there's an Auburny vibe, an Auburny feel about this team. And I don't know if I quite agree with you yet. I don't know if I have quite enough information to feel one way or the other about that. But if that's true, if there's this kind of Auburny flair around this. Uh yeah, there's a shot. There's definitely a shot. Well,
1: there's there's a spectrum of Albany, right? And some folks may take offense with what I'm about to say, but it is kind of true. There's there's the auburny that is special, right? That is 2017 beating the what Gus Malzahn you know said about of Georgia you don't want to say that on the radio right. but uh beat, beat the snot out of Georgia in 2017 beat the snot out of Alabama in 2017 there's the 2013 year there's 2019 off the upright against Alabama there's even this year going into Death Valley and winning the way that they did and then the last second touchdown against Georgia State I mean there's so many instances in the last decade of Auburn doing some crazy things even going back into the 2000s you think of the Devin Aroma should call from from Rod Bramblett that's yeah. been out on social media a few times I mean there's just a lot of instances of Auburn doing some something special when they have special seasons right and and it's typically in a crazy way in games like this but then there's the other side of the spectrum of auburny where it is kind of the first three and a half quarters of the georgia state game and you're like what's going on and, and it's like this team right here is presenting so far over the last three weeks peak levels of Auburnness.
5: so the the auburny vibe and the Auburnness team is be good and talk bad about, well all of those teams that you mentioned they had uh, in my opinion, a much stronger presence in the trenches. And I just think Auburn is so outmatched on the offensive and defensive lines where it's going to be a problem. I mean, you're going to need some fluky stuff to happen, in my opinion, as far as generating turnovers or, or getting tremendous field position in the special teams game, whatever it may have you. I mean, just kind of forcing smaller fields, shorter fields for uh for Bo Nix, Tank Bigsby, and company, I think that's what you're going to need. I mean, you, this team can have great chemistry and have a good feel, but like you still have to win in the trenches, and it's just it's a big mismatch.
3: How often do you do you think that we'll see John Samuel Schenker
5: in this game? Uh, I bet we see him a ton. I mean, even if he's not necessarily catching passes, he's going to be in the on the field a bunch. I mean, Auburn just uses him in a lot of different ways. They've lined him up at receiver. They've lined him up attached to the offensive line. They have put him in the backfield. And I think regardless of how Auburn wants to attack Georgia, whether it's on the ground or through the air, I think John Samuel Shanker is a part of that, especially after what he did against LSU um, th- this past weekend. So yeah, I think Shanker's going to be a big part of it. And Bo was asked about that earlier in the week and his time uh, available with the media, where he talked about the running game or the running backs and the, and the tight ends being options in the passing game and how it puts just so much more stress on a defense because then you have to cover all five guys and that's not something we've really seen uh, with Auburn offenses in the past so that's a big deal because one when John Samuel Shanker is now he is a he is a viable weapon that defenses have to know where he's lined up and you just want to make college defensive backs think as much as possible and when in the back of their mind all right Shanker's over there even though you know Demetrius Robertson or Javarius Johnson or whoever is in front of you, it's just more that you have to think about. So there's a lot of value in that.
1: Taking a look at Georgia's secondary versus Auburn's receivers. I think Auburn got a little bit better against LSU, at least in terms of wide receiver play, sure. but it was still a liability. I understand that. And it could be a liability again this weekend. It seems like the receivers are the main issue right now in the passing game. Georgia runs a lot of man-to-man. It seems to me more than 50% of the time, these guys are getting into man-to-man coverage. They're physical, but they haven't had to stay in coverage for too long because of defensive line play.
5: Can these receivers get open? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I think they'll be able to get open, just the consistency of it all. I mean, every Auburn receiver, for the most part this season, has had their moments, where, or they're even their whole game, where it's like, okay, they're the guy. Like... Uh, I mean, Demetrius Robertson had his moment. Shedrick Jackson had his moment. Uh, John Samuel Shanker had his moment. I mean, all, He's still having his moment. <laughs> yeah, C- Kobe Hudson had his game a few weeks ago. I mean, there's been times where these guys have looked really, really good. All of them. It's just they don't all look good at the same time. And so, uh, consistency is such a big part of this receiving core. And there just hasn't been a whole lot of it so far this season. Can they do it? Can they get open? Yes. Can they catch passes? Yes. Can they do it consistently? I'm not betting on it. And will all of them do it? That's the other question, Ryan. right? Right. <laughs> and you know, you know, they're not going to let Demetrius Robertson feast, right? You know, they're going to key in on him. You know, they, you know, he went to the enemy. People don't forget about that. I was talking to some Georgia folks there. There's, that's definitely a storyline. But an interesting thing about Demetrius Robertson, I was talking with Bill Cameron yesterday of the drive. when We were uh, hanging out with the, our friends at the Max Roundtable over at Chappies in Auburn. And, uh, Bill asked me, all right, so the last time this Georgia team had a real challenge on the road, and you can argue it was against Auburn in 2019, do you guys know how many starters are still starters for the Georgia Bulldogs that started in that game? I don't. So there there are three guys, right? Jordan Davis, who's obviously very good. Garius Jackson, who's not a starter anymore. And the third one was Demetrius Robertson. I mean, this is a young Georgia team. This is a young Georgia team that that uh, I mean what would be one of their more experienced players left them and so you know can can Robertson have a big game I don't know that's an interesting storyline in my opinion
3: talking about the receivers for Auburn I want to talk about the offensive firepower that Georgia has in their receiving core including their tight ends I mean they've got two or three guys that they could go to Brock Bowers has been phenomenal this season if they elect to go to the passing game is there any concern with Auburn's secondary there
5: Uh, Yeah, I think so. But I don't think it's a talent thing. I think it's, uh, are they going to cover all the guys that they're supposed to cover? I mean, people want to pick on Smoke Monday because he let tight ends run free and all that. It's not Smoke the athlete, it's Smoke the safety and other guys that kind of go along with that. And it seemed like during LSU, after that first quarter, the coaching approach changed. Talked to Chandler Wooten about it this week on Locked on Auburn. I asked him, you know, what happened First quarter versus the last three quarters. I'm like, was it a focus thing? Was it an execution thing? Was it an adjustments and coaching thing? And he's like, it was adjustments. It was adjustments. We just kind of changed what we were doing. How quick does that need to happen? Or do they have the right adjustment going into it um, uh, as soon as the game starts? So, tight end going to be a big thing. Can they cover all five guys for Georgia? That's the big question. I think in the pass rush, get there. Uh, within four seconds while they're covering guys in the back end that's that's the big question for the Auburn defense
1: I'm still not totally sold that this offense has entered the 21st century and that's a little bit of a dig because of course it is you know of course this is more modern than back in the day but they run the ball 62 percent of the time when they throw the ball it's short to intermediate more than 63 percent of the time it's within 10 yards of line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage according to pro football focus numbers this Georgia team is is more is throwing the ball closer to the line of scrimmage than any other team that Auburn has faced at the times that they were playing them this season. I'm questioning if that plays right into what this defense wants to do from a schematic standpoint, which is keep everything in front of you. Georgia will gladly do that.
5: Yeah, and I don't know if that's a scheme thing or if they just have a quarterback issue. I mean, I, I think they really expected you know, their main guy, I think they expected Daniels to be a world-beater this season, and he hasn't been on the field, and so that's a problem there. And Stetson Bennett, I mean... He's done a lot for Georgia, and he clearly loves Georgia, but he's just kind of come in and done what's asked of him, which hasn't been a lot because he doesn't need to do a lot because their team is so good. I don't know if that's the offense or the scheme or just kind of what they've had to do so far, but based on those numbers, I think you're absolutely right. They're not a team that, you know, I think going into the season, they probably wanted to pass it more than they have, but they can't because they don't have a competent quarterback. And right now, with their backup, with Stetson Bennett the fourth. Um, it's just kind of a thing where they need to just survive and and advance and win football games and they are finding ways to do it. I mean, why throw the ball when you're able to beat people 50 to nothing just by running it? And so, um, yeah, I I don't know. I I think their offense is going to be fine. It's just kind of a, going to be a a wear you out over the course of 60 minutes type of thing. Give us a prediction for the ball game. My pick on auburnwire.com, um, that the round table that Lance and I did with some of our, uh, our colleagues there, my pick was 27-10. to 10. So I've got Georgia covering.
3: Lance, we'll uh, get
5: to
1: our picks later.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I, feel, I feel somewhat similar. And I, I just think that this is a game where Auburn can come out and they can make a statement early. I just don't know if they get a lead how long they can hold on to yeah. it. Because like, like Zach said, it's one of those where it's just like, eventually I think Georgia in the trenches is going to start to overpower Auburn late.
1: And on the it, flip side, it, though, I don't know if Georgia's built to come back. I agree with that. That's also
5: true. But I think it's a 10-7, uh, a to 7-10 to type score at the half. Mm-hmm. And then I think Georgia just kind of figures some things out and moves the football a little bit better in the second half and kind of does too much for Auburn to handle. That's, that's my prediction. Close at the half, then they pull away in the late third, early fourth quarter. On the one hand, gentlemen, and I'm just going to
1: pump some sunshine. I'm gonna, Please do. I'm, I'm going all for to, it, man. to bring in some optimism. Auburn's been really good coming out of the break with adjustments and scheming for things that maybe weren't working in the first half, every single game, every single game, Auburn has risen to the occasion in the second half, and you can't say they haven't.
5: Uh, sure, but I think you can say that what has happened so far, opponents-wise, is not comparable to what's going to happen tomorrow. That that would be my argument against that. But you're right, they've been a good a good um, second-half team, even at Penn State, despite them fumbling the first play of uh, from scrimmage uh, in that Penn State game. But I don't know, man. I just think I just think there's too many uh, mismatches and just such a big gap in talent. But they can capitalize on it like we talked about quarterback play. There's not a gap in the quarterback competition. In fact, I think Bo Nix will be the best quarterback on the field tomorrow. But everything else, I mean, there's just not is there another position outside of linebacker, and we'll throw running back, where you would take Auburn's guys at that position over Georgia's?
1: Going into the season, I would have said secondary if the body of work hadn't been what it is Not and, anymore. And, and that's a talent thing, right? We believe in this group and how talented they yeah. are, but how they're being used, Georgia's secondary is feasting right now. Auburn's has been don't break at this point. So I'm with you. I understand that. And that's what we said on yesterday's show. Yeah. So,
5: yeah, I mean, you got to love Roger McCreary. I mean, McCreary probably starts for Georgia, but outside of that, um, I just, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And Georgia folks would rather have their guys than Tank Bigsby. I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know if that's the correct way to feel, but I mean, I mean, they're, they're just a such they're such a good roster. They're such a good roster. But yeah, I, I think Auburn's goal needs to be to, to make it sloppy, make it aggressive and, uh, and hope you get a few turnovers and some, some short fields fall into your lap and you capitalize on it. That's, that's the big thing.
1: Zach, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Tell everybody where they can find you.
5: Yeah, Locked on Auburn's available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. If you're into that sort of thing, just search Locked on Auburn. It'll come up. And Then also, I'm on the air on News Talk WA&I, 98.7 FM, every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Guys, appreciate it. Have a good weekend, my man. That was Zach Blackerby of the Locked on Auburn podcast. We'll
1: be back with more of On the Line on the other side of this break. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Got about three minutes until the end of hour number one. A big thank you to Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com and Zach Blackerby of the Locked on Auburn podcast. A guest-heavy first hour here, but that's what we love to have. Other experts' opinions on what's happening tomorrow in the Deep South's oldest rivalry, Auburn, Georgia. And now it's time for our favorite segment of the week, Saturday Selections. Saturday selections. All right, gentlemen, look at the standings here as we get into some picks throughout the rest of the show. We'll also have some other guests coming up at hour number two, previewing some of our high school football action going on tonight. Saturday selections. Lance is 52 and 25 in the driver's seat of this whole thing. Sting is 51 and 26. I am 47 and 30. Sting and I both went 10 and 7 last week. Lance went 9 and 8. So here we go. Number six, Oklahoma. Against number 21, Texas at 11 a.m. ABC in the Cotton Bowl, Texas State Fair. Three-point favorites
3: are the Sooners. And like you mentioned, Oklahoma three-point favorites in this game. But you have to wonder when is oklahoma's best game coming they've not peaked yet presumably they played well last week though and you look at what they've been doing since those first couple weeks obviously close against tulane 76 nothing against western carolina close game against nebraska close game against west virginia close game against kansas state you would like to think as competition gets more difficult they are either going to play to that level or they are going to peak and they're going to start playing their best college football that's not happened yet This could be the game where it happens. I think Oklahoma's going to win this game. Is it close? I think that's a possibility. Casey Thompson and this Texas offense are on a roll. After seeing them struggle against TCU last weekend, I just think Oklahoma's a little bit more talented than that squad. I like Oklahoma in a neutral site. Give me the Sooners.
6: Wow, okay, yeah. Uh, I think Texas is a completely different team with Casey Thompson from what I mean they got rolled by Arkansas and I just have not been impressed with OU so far I mean I guess they're they're getting better oh I'm gonna do it I'm taking Texas (laughs) do it I think it is gonna be close (laughs) I I think Texas is a different team with Casey Thompson at quarterback and that's gonna get them to a win
1: I'm going Oklahoma I like a lot of what Lance said there about their best game is still in front of them I think this Oklahoma team still is gonna go undefeated I don't see many teams left on the schedule that's gonna be able to beat them There are a lot of bad teams left in that Big 12 schedule for Oklahoma. They've already played a lot of the good teams here already, and Texas is one of those teams. Oklahoma State's another team that may be able to give them some trouble. But here's the thing. The key matchup here is which team is going to make the mistake that's going to lose them this ballgame? Who's going to make more mistakes? Which quarterback's going to make more mistakes? Because Spencer Radler hasn't been averse to throwing interceptions. Neither is Casey Thompson. And I think at the end of the day, the team that I trust to win a close football game is Oklahoma because they've done it. They've been there. Whereas Texas has not done that yet and they have been well i guess they did this past week against tcu but still was tcu not oklahoma i think that texas ends up making the crucial mistakes that lose them this football game we got time for i think one more pick right here and this is a uh, a bad game so it will get us in uh,
3: we'll get it in pretty quickly maryland at number seven ohio state 21 point favorites are the buckeyes 11 a.m fox after seeing the way that maryland played last weekend i'm gonna take ohio state even though i don't really trust either of these teams ohio state big easy pickings that's why i squeeze it in here at the end not
1: a lot to talk about ohio state takes down the terrapins we'll be back with more of saturday selections on the other side of this break 502. Hour number two of On the Line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Fun hour number one. If you missed any of it, go and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart Radio at christian clemente of auburnsports.com for 30 minutes at zach blackerby for another 20 it was a great first hour a lot of great analysis on the auburn georgia game for tomorrow we're going to have more analysis of that game coming up throughout hour number two we're going to continue along with our saturday selections we got a fun hour number two planned And we start off hour number two with our picks for tomorrow. We're going to get through a nice chunk of ball games here. At the end of the hour, you're going to want to stay tuned for this. At the end of the hour is when we will give our Auburn, Georgia picks, as well as we'll also have Scott Bagwell, Auburn High Sports Network play-by-play announcer. He'll be on the show with us here in hour number two. We speak with him. Auburn High on a bye week coming off of a loss to Central. We'll speak with him at 330 to get his thoughts on what the tigers have done up to this point this season as well as get his thoughts on tomorrow's matchup between auburn and georgia now let's get back into saturday selections saturday selections reminding everybody the standings here lance in first place at 52 and 25 sting at 51 and 26 in second place and i am in third at 47 and 30 Looking like Gus Malzahn with that record, guys. I'm not too happy. All right, reminding everybody of our picks so far. Lance and I went Oklahoma. Sting went Texas. All three of us went easily with Ohio State, who are favored by 21 points tomorrow at 11 a.m. So those are our picks up to this point. Now let's get into the SEC. Both of these teams got knocked out in a big way last week. Number 13, Arkansas. Number 17, Ole Miss. Five and a half point favorites are the Rebels. 11 a.m. ESPN. To me, and then Lance, I want you to make your pick. To me, this game kind of feels like which team is going to wake up from getting their heads knocked off last week? Who's getting off the mat first? and this week that kind of seems like that will have a heavy
3: impact on who wins and it's going to be difficult because it's such an early kick right it's a shame that this top 20 matchup is at 11 a.m i like Ole miss in this game simply because it's at home if it was in Fayetteville, i'd really have to think about it arkansas the way that they played in the trenches so far this season outside of that georgia game they've been dominant Ole miss like we've talked about before on the show throughout the season hasn't really played a whole lot of teams yet and when they played alabama they got smacked around I'm going to take the Rebels at home. I'm going to take Matt Corral at home. I just think you look back at last season, this game, where I believe Matt Corral threw five interceptions, six interceptions, something wild like that. I don't think that happens this season. I think they're going to adjust. I think Lane Kiffin finds a way, finds a way to get it done at home.
6: Yeah, I agree with all of that. I mean, Arkansas, is this their second straight road game?
3: Might be third.
6: Might be third. That's even worse. I was just going to say they, they haven't. Their yeah, third game you're right. in a row it playing
1: is. away from home.
6: Yeah so they got slapped around last week so did Ole Miss but Ole Miss was at least able to put points on the board and I think going home for Ole Miss will just it'll be a boost for them I I, I do think the Rebels end up winning it could be close
1: I think it ends up being a fun football game yeah typically I would love to favor a team like Arkansas playing what could be a paper mache defense at Ole Miss typically I would like that but Arkansas has had to play two really physical football games in a row both away from home as you guys have mentioned Old Miss, just that Alabama game. There's, I think there's, there's a lot more. There's a lot more mileage on this Arkansas team at this point than there is on this Ole Miss team. Ole Miss may be a little bit more fresh. I mean, this definitely has something to do with it that you got to sleep in your own bed this week, that you got to come out to your home stadium from 11 a.m. kick, whereas Arkansas is on the road, having to travel. They've been getting beat around the last couple of weeks. Of course, they won one of those games, but i think old miss is the team that is less hungover in this ball game than arkansas who just got thumped 37 to 0 there may be some seeds of doubt there for arkansas whereas old miss maybe you know i i have a hard time believing that elaine kiffin led team will have doubt inside them so i will take old miss to win this football game moving over to the big 12 still 11 a.m time slot fs1 west virginia at baylor west virginia below 500 now After suffering some tough losses, they were unable to beat Texas Tech last week. Still played some pretty good defense, but the offense, if you can't score more than 20 points on Texas Tech, what are you doing?
3: I'm going to take Baylor to win this game, and I know that they lost last weekend to Oklahoma State. I do like what this Baylor program is doing in terms of the direction that they are heading. I like what West Virginia has on offense with Daigie and Letty Brown at running back. I like those two guys. I think they're going to be good moving forward and potentially past college. I think those two guys could be looking at potentially a backup role for Dagi in the future in the NFL. And I think Letty Brown is an NFL running back.
1: And I'm with you. I like those players
3: at West Virginia. Why can't they score right now? I just, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. And, and you know, this this Neil Brown-led team is, is just not able to put it together. I just don't understand. Excellent it.
1: defense as well. They're holding teams to few points. Oklahoma and good offenses at that. Oklahoma. Texas Tech, you say what you want about that team losing ball games. They'll lose 62 to 58. All right. They still score points, you know. This West Virginia defense, I think, is legit. I think both of these teams are going to be able to limit what they want what the other team wants to do offensively. But look just look at the track records up to this point. Baylor beat Iowa State 31-28. to I know they lost last week to a good Oklahoma State team that's playing good defense right now as well. I think Baylor finds the points, like you said, to win this ballgame instead of West Virginia. Sting? Yeah, you guys took all the words out of my mouth. I was going to say all of that. I'm going to go with Baylor. <laughs>
3: it's just they aren't putting up yards. West Virginia is just simply not putting up en- uh, uh, enough yards to actually like sustain drives this season. Let's move to the night. Utah at USC, 7
1: p.m. Fox. Trojans favor by 2.5 two yeah. very disappointing football teams right now
3: yeah charlie brewer uh the former utah quarterback i believe either entered enter the transfer portal or just quit football completely uh a few weeks ago i'm gonna take usc and Jackson dart to win this game at home
1: man that's a tough one
3: is keaton slovis not back i think he played last week did he play last week i, I think might, he did i might just be missing the. i might be missing the mark on that but whoever's starting a quarterback for usc is better be, than is is who better, started for utah exactly yeah yeah, you
6: know, I think I'm gonna go with Utah. I really like Kyle Kyle Whittingham. Do it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Utes. I I just I'm not really sure. I, yeah, I'm gonna go with the coach. That's, that's the whole reason, really.
1: You like Kyle Whittingham? Yeah. And so th- do I. Think, I. I,
6: think, I think he's a better coach than who I mean, who, who's running the ship right now at USC? Uh,
1: it's like Dante Williams or yeah. something like that. I, mean, I, I can't remember his name.
6: Kyle Whittingham has been there at Utah for 15 years. I don't think either of these teams are very good. I, I think Utah is. Utah's better they're gonna win
1: I'm going USC has to do with the quarterback position for me just like Lance said don't know a whole lot right now about this Utah team right now Utah is not allowing their quarterbacks to throw the ball a whole lot I think rising is the last name of the Utah quarterback he had 23 attempts last week it's not a lot and this Utah team hasn't shown the ability to put up points whereas USC has regardless of the coaching change regardless of what's going on at quarterback I believe USC despite all the moving around they've been able to find a lot more points on the scoreboard than this other team has that has dealt with a little bit and i was right it is dante williams at usc as the head coach that was i i I, I vaguely remembered that was a shot in the dark so let's head to the phone lines here 334-321-1390 is the number to call we're gonna head to the phone lines now we got keith on the line with us keith how's it going
7: hey good um yeah, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I, just, I guess it's just kind of like an over, homer, but um, I, don't, I don't see as big a talent gap. I know that they've uh, recruited really well. Uh, you know, they kind got of on the same status of recruiting as Alabama. But, um, you know, we, uh, we've got our share of four stars. I don't really know if we even have any five stars at the moment, but, uh, you know, we, we've uh, been up there in the top ten, and, you know, when Clemson – Made their run. They were what they were uh, uh, routinely, uh, I guess, averaging about 13th in recruiting. Uh, I just think it's about getting them to play together and uh, you know winning some matchups. I, I, I do think that with our uh, diversity we got on our offense right now, even though it don't always click. But uh, you know th- what excites me is Curtis killed us with a. Uh, rushing the passer over with uh, two linebackers and sometimes coming straight up the middle with two. And with us going to the tight end now, you know, it's going to put them on the heels a little bit more.
1: There's definitely a lot more that Kirby Smart has to prepare for out of this Auburn offense than the previous one. And I don't even think they've shown everything yet. They keep building on it each week. And when Gus was here, Kirby just probably had in his archives saved somewhere he probably just had the same game plan every year because gus didn't change anything it was the same thing every year and you pretty much got the same result every year too no points from auburn and not a lot from georgia either but still auburn struggled a lot on offense in those matchups i think they only averaged a little over 10 points a ball game against georgia under gus malzahn that's horrible at least in the losses so i'm with you i think there's a lot more to prepare for there
7: yeah i I do and then uh i think that uh, keel defense is uh the tackling of our uh, corners and safeties and our uh, nickelback or whatever they're calling them now. Um, it's just that uh, – and also I'm, I'm just having visions of Kirby throwing to the tight end about ten times just knowing the way Georgia plays and uh, I don't even know who their tight end is, but, you know, watching the Penn State game and then, you know, they have a uh, epic situation at quarterback. I, I'm pretty sure that's what I would try.
1: Yeah, they, they go to Brock Bowers a lot and he wasn't even the starter coming in this year. He was like third string behind Eric Gilbert and Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington's been hurt. I think he may play tomorrow, may not. I'm not sure about the injury report there. And then Eric Gilbert is missing right now. He, he has not played yet for Georgia this year. I don't know if he will, um, but yeah they've got great tight ends they've got some good talented receivers to get the ball to and right now the secret of the offense has been thrown to the tight end so i i don't disagree with you there keith appreciate the phone call my man sure thanks that was keith on the line with us and uh yeah, I agree with a lot of what he said there. There, there's going to be a, a nice chunk of um, passes thrown to the
3: tight ends tomorrow from both of these teams. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is is he said? I'm seeing visions of Kirby Smart making Georgia throw to the tight end, and I thought the exact same thing as well. Look, if they're going to try and get this passing game going, get it to potentially Brock uh, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington if he's healthy.
1: Let's head back to Saturday selections now, and we've made about five picks so far today. We're now getting to one of the major games of the weekend number four penn state at number three iowa one and a half point favorites are the hawkeyes
3: at home 3 p.m on fox we've seen penn state play as auburn fans this season and we've we've gotten to watch if you're invested in college football gotten to watch iowa play a little bit and you would expect at some point if you're going to be making picks like this to to not have to rely on turnovers being being a factor right like that's something that you normally wouldn't say is like well Iowa's going to be able to get turnovers in this matchup therefore they're going to win but we've seen the Hawkeyes time and time and time again throughout the the course of the entire season that's what they do their best offense is your offense screwing up so turnovers I think are going to be a factor in this game you look at Sean Clifford what has he done his entire career outside of this season turn the ball over in big games like this I think he reverts to his old form in this matchup give me the Hawkeyes to win this game at home Kinnick Stadium Love the atmosphere. I think this is going to be a huge win for the program. Yeah,
6: I am I love that turnover stat. I believe Iowa is 12 after five games. It's either plus 12 or plus 16 they're in on, turnover margin. I think pace. it's plus 12.
3: They're on pace to have 31 interceptions this season. That's insane. It's wild. That's me yeah. on NCAA football. It
8: is.
1: It is. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, I'm the one throwing the interceptions, oh, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I have had a quarterback. I'll forever remember this guy's name. I was doing an NCAA football dynasty, random generated player. I was at Kansas. Jay Pendleton, 36 interceptions one Ooh. season.
6: I wanted you to say Jameis Winston there for a second. you said Jay, I was like, oh, no.
1: Hey, I won the Fiesta Bowl, though.
3: Dang, really?
6: <laughs> wow. At Kansas. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, I was averaging like three picks a game. It was awesome. Yeah,
6: that turnover margin is insane, and I think that plays a huge part, just like Lance said. And also, the magic of Kinnick Stadium is it, – it is, it is the Jordan-Hare Stadium of the Big Ten. It really is. Crazy stuff happens there. I think Iowa I – rides it to a win over Penn State.
1: I'm picking different with you guys on a lot of things. So either I get buried or I make some ground this week. I'm going to go Penn State. What scares me is the turnovers that they force a lot of them. But what does not scare me is how Iowa offense really has not been able to move the football a whole lot this year now they haven't had to they get a lot of short fields but if penn state can protect the football which sean clifford seems to be a different quarterback this year hasn't been making a whole lot of mistakes if he can avoid those mistakes i like penn state's athletes and what should be another type of football game like we saw between penn state and wisconsin Maybe a little bit more points because I think these teams are better at this point in the year. But I'm thinking, you know, like 27 to 16, or or not 27, to 16, 23 to 16. Excuse me, a seven point win for Penn State, something like that on the road. I like the athletes. I think they can stretch the field a little bit more than Iowa, and that'll make the difference here in a lot of Big Ten football games this year. Is which team can stretch the field just a little bit better? I'm going Denny Lions, number 14, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. This line is even. 6:30 p.m. ACC really? Network.
3: It's even it's gonna to be tough for me but i am going to try and, and reason out why notre dame loses this game because <laughs> notre dame has a lot of talent outside the quarterback position and they're still trying to figure that spot out right now virginia tech's offense has not been very good so far this season their defense has been pretty good but you look at their schedule the teams that they've played are north carolina team that has struggled this entire season They only scored 35 points on Middle Tennessee. They lost to West Virginia. They beat Richmond 21-10. You go look at that box score, you think, well, maybe Richmond hogged the football. Only five more minutes over West Virginia, or uh, Virginia Tech, rather. I'm sorry. I'm going to pick Virginia Tech to win this game simply because the defense has been playing so well, and it's at home. I would not count Notre Dame out in this game, though, even with the quarterback issues that they have.
6: I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I can't believe it. I I think they bounce back. I know it's on the road. I know it's in Blacksburg with Inter-Sandman blasting from the speakers.
3: Inter-Sandman.
6: Yeah. Inter-Sandman. I I, I, I got to go to a game at that stadium. Anyway, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I think they bounce back from Cincinnati and just clean up the mistakes they made. And I think they leave Blacksburg with a win.
1: Inter-Sandman wins. Virginia Tech at home. The song, All right.
3: simply. It's, it's, it's a dub.
1: I think I think Virginia Tech's good. I we're, That is the team that we are not talking about in the Coastal, and they're in first place they haven't lost a game yet in the in the league and they beat the one team that probably could have pushed them really hard for it pittsburgh's obviously playing really well as well
6: but then they also lost to west virginia
1: that true but a couple weeks later i mean i mean you can auburn almost lost to georgia state that didn't matter in baton rouge i mean and they went to morgantown at that i mean i think west virginia is still like a decent team they're okay i'm not gonna hold that against virginia tech Now, the ACC is terrible as a whole league, but, like, I don't see any reason why Virginia Tech can't win this at home with the way their defense is playing, and with the carousel of quarterbacks going round and round at Notre Dame right now. There's more things probably figured out in Notre Dame or in Virginia Tech's camp rather than Notre Dame's. So I'm going to go Virginia Tech at home. Sting, man, this could be a really bad week.
6: I'm thinking about that right now. There is going to be a lot of movement in our standings, (laughs) I think. I keep a different from one of you two
1: this is excellent because it may happen here too lsu at number 16 kentucky three-point favorites of the
3: wildcats uh, 6 30 p.m sec network this is a tough game because yeah, you look at what kentucky's doing they're not forcing opponents into turnovers they're playing sound defense but that offense right now it's going through three three players chris rodriguez wandale robinson and will levis did you know that kentucky only has one other receiver that has more than five catches on their roster outside of robinson right now and that's josh Ali. If LSU can shut down Wandale Robinson, and I think they have the corners to do it, they can go out there and win this game. Simple as that. I'm going to take the Wildcats to win at home, though. (laughs) Gives you
1: all the reasons why LSU can win this game and then goes with the Wildcats. Let me tell you why. That's the
3: bait and switch. Let me tell you why Kentucky's winning this game. Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez. and LSU's defense and LSU's defense right now has just not been able to figure out a lot of different things does Wandale Robinson get all the targets and catches as he has so far this season I don't think so I think they find a way to limit him but the rest of this offense I think is going to be able to benefit from them honing in on that one specific player you look at Max Johnson he can't do it all in this game Kentucky's going to force not necessarily a turnover. But they're going to force LSU into three and outs and getting stops. I'm going to take Kentucky to win this game. I think it's going to be very low scoring, though.
6: Yeah. Uh, how many yards does Rodriguez have so far? He leads the nation in yards. doesn't 612 he? Six hundred and twelve with four TDs. But he's on. I mean, his carry volume is insane, right? I think it's 104. Uh, carries I think Lance's article said, yeah,
3: on pace to get how many carries? It's uh, he's got 104 carries so far. It's two, over 270. Is, is what he's on pace for? Is what he's on pace for.
6: I think they're just going to feed him. I don't think, LSU you can stop the run. And I, I think Rodriguez is all that Kentucky needs. I think Kentucky's going to win and be 6-0. and
1: The disrespect to the Kentucky defense is real here on the show, guys. How did y'all not even mention that? I said they're sound,
3: but they're not creating turnovers. Sure. It, it, so it's not, like a, it's not like electric. It's just like they just play sound. So you know what's interesting, though, about
1: Kentucky? Despite the fact that they are not forcing turnovers only 284 yards allowed per game held that florida offense that exploded on alabama they only held them they held them to 13 points last week that's a way to create short fields for your team not allow the other team to move the ball at all make them punt from inside their own 20 i like this kentucky team because of the defense i think it may even be better than auburn's defense at what holding what lsu wants to do down they're only giving up 180 pass yards per game
3: Ooh! Wow. Nice.
1: <laughs> LSU's gonna struggle. I will take Kentucky to win this ball game as well. And then the massacre at 7 p.m. on CBS. Number one, Alabama at Texas A&M. 18 point favorites of the Crimson Tide. There's my pick. Alabama by a lot, not just 18 points, by a lot more than that. This one could yeah.
3: get ugly really quick. Oh, it's gonna be violent. It's gonna be do you remember when, when Olmes and Bama played in Oxford a couple years ago and Olmes scored on like their first offensive play. They didn't score again. It, it was they didn't score again. It was like sixty three. Like sixty three to, to seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be like that. Except A and M's not gonna score on their first because they can't. <laughs> because they simply can't. <laughs> I think Saban so and bad. Jimbo
1: have a good relationship though, so I would not expect the score to be ran up. But I do expect Alabama to win by more than 18. Yeah, yeah Get to 90.
3: One million for every single point that Alabama scores. Just to remind A&M fans what they've bought into. <laughs> I guess it'll put them at
6: dead last in the West after, after Alabama beats them. Yeah, but in it'll, the it'll solidify west. that. Like It'll put a, a couple, further, a couple of, show of the games back. Yeah, it, right?
1: it, it shovels a little bit more dirt onto the grave. You're right. correct.
6: <laughs> just puts them further back. Well, yeah, Alabama wins big.
1: Yeah, Alabama wins that ball game uh let's do one more pick guys before we go to break uconn at umass 2 30 p.m you guys you know i'm picking this game for fun uh folks out there may be wondering why we're picking this rivalry game it is a rivalry game they've played 74 meetings guess what umass leads the series
6: wasn't umass like d2 for a long time both
1: of these teams were d2 for a decent amount
6: of time for significantly longer
1: yeah for like 20 years or something like that you're right and UMass has been D2 since like was D2 up or not D2 but FCS until like 2012 right. um I'm going wow. UConn in this game they only lost by two to Vanderbilt they almost they, they they almost won the week before that as well UConn's at least playing like close games right now seems like their results are getting more their results are getting better each week while UMass's are you know, they just continued to get slain every week. So mercifully, I will take uh, I'll mer- take UConn.
6: Mercifully they're improving each week. UConn is, yes. Yep. I think this game should be like a free space. I don't think it should count against our, our record here because both teams are just god awful. I will no. go with UConn, but I don't <laughs> think I should
3: have to suffer in the standings if UMass wins. I'm gonna take UConn to win this game look Massachusetts has just been abysmal this season to like another level it's just worse than UConn it's been worse than UConn and like you mentioned uh UConn played an SEC team close so that's enough for me to uh say that uh that the Huskies win
1: I think they could score a little bit easier too looking at some of the statistics but I'm not gonna you know break down UConn UMass for tomorrow let's take a quick break here when we come back we've got Lee Scott football head coach Buster Daniel on the line with us Back on on the line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Let's get through some more picks here before we get to Scott Bagwell, Auburn High Sports Network play-by-play announcer. Lance, take us through them.
3: So we got four more games here. Next one up, Boise State at number 10, BYU. BYU is a six-point favorite at home, 2.30 p.m. ABC. I believe Boise's 2-3 and right now, right? Yes, they are. I don't know why this line is so is so small because BYU has been playing pretty good football so far this season. I'm going to take BYU to win this game. Again, I'm not really sure why it's so close. I know Boise is a competitive team, but like, not on the road against BYU, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think BYU is rolling. Can you sell me on this, Noah? I had Boise State written, and I crossed it out went BYU, but I do think this is close. Um, Boise's lost to three good football teams lost to Nevada last week by 10 lost to Oklahoma State by one lost to UCF when they had Dylan Gabriel they've lost three good teams I think two and three kind of tells you of a team that's had some bad luck has lost some really close games hasn't been able to win the against the good teams but they're still competitive I think that's where the line is at I went BYU because the Boise State defense not very good they give up a lot of rushing yards like 180 per game BYU is going to put this thing on the ground I think they're going to control the clock they're going to play some good defense. Kalani Sitake moves BYU continually undefeated.
3: You know what would be interesting? You look at the rest of BYU's schedule, Boise State, Baylor, Washington State, Virginia, USC. I mean, if they went out, could potentially be an argument for the college football playoff. Interesting there. South Carolina at Tennessee, 10.5-point favorites are the Volunteers at home, 11 a.m. ESPN2. Interesting.
6: Tennessee. They're
3: rolling – they hung 62 points on Missouri last week. Yep. I think they keep that up because South Carolina is not much better. Tennessee's offense is on fire. South Carolina is not going to be the one to stop it, even though they are only allowing – I believe it's like 16 points a game or something like that. Give me the Vols.
1: I'm going to say the Vols dark mode uniforms wearing black against these guys. I think a lot of points are going to be scored. Tennessee could be turning the corner bowl game on the horizon.
3: Number 19, Wake Forest at Syracuse. Wake Forest is a six-point favor on the road. 2.30 p.m. ESPN2. Sting, who you got? Man, I don't know. I feel like Wake Forest's run is going to come to an end
6: soon. I don't know where. Do it. Do it. But Florida State beat Syracuse last week, so I'm going to go with Wake.
1: No. No. Why don't you do it? Well, no, because I want you to lose. I want Wake, (laughs) Wake Forest wins this ball game. Syracuse
3: very bad so at some point right Wake Forest like he said their reigns got to come to an end I don't think it's this weekend though I think Wake Forest takes this one even though I would not I said I think I said this last week I would not be shocked if we saw Wake Forest lose one of these random games like to Duke or to Army up ahead last game here before we head to break number nine Michigan at Nebraska Michigan is only a three-point favorite 6 30 p.m. ABC sting that's an interestingly low line.
1: Tell everybody what you said earlier about Nebraska. I said that Nebraska isn't good. No, you didn't. You said they're terrible. I think okay. he was you talking said,
3: about another team. I think he was talking about Northwestern. Yeah, I said, said Northwestern he, 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 Nebra-
1: ter- he did say Nebraska is terrible,
3: though. 100%. Yeah, I, I remember that. Negative things about both yeah. teams. Sting, back it up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think
6: Nebraska is very good. Of course, they, they hung with Oklahoma, but I'm not really sold on Oklahoma either. I get that they're at home, but I think Michigan's playing good football. They've got a really good team this year i think michigan wins
1: i have two nebraska shirts in my drawers at home go corn huskers baby i think nebraska wins this game at home i think they're deceptively better than what everybody else thinks they're playing good defense held michigan state to 23 held uh oklahoma to 16 i believe or maybe that was 23 as well so i like this defense i think the offense is turning the corner michigan hasn't played anybody ain't played anybody paul give me nebraska
3: Yeah, Like you just said, Michigan's not played anybody. I think this game is going to be close, but give me Michigan to win, and I think they're just playing good football right now. On the other side of this break, we've got Scott Bagwell, Auburn High Sports Network play-by-play announcer to talk about this weekend's game.
0: Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back.
1: Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner and Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. About to have Scott Bagwell, Auburn High Sports Network, play-by-play announcer with us on the show. He'll be giving us a call in just a moment. But before we get to that phone call, let's take a look at some of the other interesting games happening in high school football here in the state of Alabama. And if you have not been to a high school football game this season, if you haven't done that, man get out there because this is where it's at it hasn't been you know tainted by money hasn't been tainted by uh you know the commercialism and all that stuff you know like it is just wholesome community event and a good time out there these kids just playing for the love of the game and there's some good high school football games we'll get to that list but now we do have scott bagwell auburn high school play-by-play announcer with us on the line scott how you doing today my man Good, Noah. How are you doing? Doing really well. You got a bye week and you're at basketball practice today. A working man. Yeah. Uh,
9: <laughs> well, I mean, basketball starts, first practice is like the 18th, so we're not too far away from, from being full-fledged full in there. Talking with the team today, our first game is a month from tomorrow.
1: And so uh, tell me what you're seeing year, from your basketball you know.
9: team. Say what?
1: Tell me what you're seeing from your basketball team out there.
9: Well, we got a lot to replace you know we had 11 seniors um in, in and a team that went to the final four you know we, we honestly we went to last year thinking we had a chance to win the state championship and the mentality is still the same this year we just got a lot further to go than we did at this point in time last year um we're we're, we're missing a handful of football players as well so it, we're 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 not going to be at full strength. Last year, we only had two or three. This year, it's about four or five. Um, but we're still going to be quick. We're still going to be able to get after it. We're going to have to play well on defense, um, and we're going to have to excel in transition. Um, we're not going to be as athletic as we were last year, but then again, we were the more one of the more athletic teams in the state. So it's going to be hard to, to reproduce that.
1: Well, Scott, let's talk about that football team. You mentioned some of those football players Rough week last week, lost 21-7 to se- uh, 21 to twenty-one against Central, but it seems like after a shaky first quarter, things improved for that Tiger team. Take us through what happened last week between Auburn and Central.
9: Yeah, you know, Central did a really good job, kind of especially on their first touchdown, game planning and scouting and got the matchup they wanted and then um, hit the big play. Carmelo English, you know, big recruit, got Alabama offers. That's about all you need to know about how good of a player he is. Got him on a linebacker, one-on-one matchup over the top on a little fake quarterback draw play. Nice design, nice execution by Central. And then a short field, and on a third down, looked like you got the running back bottled up, bounces outside. There you go. Um, You know, 14-0, and then the defense settled. Auburn just struggled kind of getting in sync on offense when there was a hole there. Running backs hit it a little bit too late. Central, who was very good on defense, if you don't hit it right, uh, you're not going to get anything, and, and Auburn struggled to find the right matchups and the right calls and in, 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 in getting exactly what they wanted. Uh, they were able to have a little bit of success later in the game, but the other thing that Central did is they were able to keep Auburn backed up in their own territory, um, and then one of the big keys to the game, Auburn moves the ball, gets inside the 20, and then They have a post open for a touchdown, just throw the ball a little bit too flat, linebacker jumps up, makes a nice play, kills the possession, kills some momentum, and then Central was able to punch it in later and make it 21-0, and and from then, it was a clock thing where where, uh, they forced Auburn to have to drive the length of the field, Auburn finally got on the the scoreboard, but just too little, too late, and uh, Central takes control of the region.
1: What room do you have for optimism and confidence that when, in all likelihood, let's say this does happen, because this is how the playoff bracket has panned out the last few seasons, Auburn Central semifinals shot for the state championship on the line, what optimism do you have that when these two teams play again, the result can be different?
9: Well, you know, in in 2017, Auburn dominates Georgia, and they turn around and play four weeks later, and and Georgia wins the game there. So different things happen in football. Um... You know, Auburn had a bad day at the office. That happened. Central had a lot to do with it. Um, Auburn's going to have to play clean to beat Central, but Central played pretty clean outside of, you know, Central fans will say, well, Central committed a lot of penalties, and they did. Um, you know, Central can say if we clean up the penalties, then Auburn doesn't score and that game's even more ugly than it is. Probably true. Um But the other thing is Auburn's a good football team, so it's not like Central can just go out there throw their helmet out on the field if they play again and get the win. I've seen too many times in high school football where a team wins a regular season matchup by a couple of scores and then all of a sudden they match up again in the postseason and it's a completely and totally different story.
1: Take me through the last three games here. Auburn's on bye week this week. Next week, they go to Smith's and then back to back home games against Enterprise, which will wrap up the region schedule. And then you got IMG Academy after that. How do you want to see this team finish? Not necessarily wins and losses. Of course, we want to see Auburn win every game. But in terms of play on the field, what types of things are you expecting to see?
9: Auburn needs to be clean on the field. Like, that's the biggest thing. I feel like I've said this a couple of weeks in a row now. Auburn's got to find a way to be clean on the field. Um, They made some mistakes in key situations last week that kind of hurt them. they got to find a way to clean that up. Got to find a way to get off the field. Got to find a way to convert. Got to find a way to win first down on offense. Um, It's just just small things like that. And then, um, you know, defensively continue to do what you've done. Uh, for the most part, defense has been really, really good. It's been a couple big plays here or there. Um, but for Auburn, it's just it, it's clean everything up because it's a, it's a pretty big stretch coming up. Smith Station, even though they're down, it's a rivalry game. You never know what's going to happen over there. You get a physical football game in Enterprise. You get a physical football game in IMG, and then it's the playoffs. Auburn's got to make sure they're locked and loaded and, and physically and mentally because this stretch run is going be uh, going to be pretty tough for them.
1: Of course. Speaking of a different Auburn football team, we're talking about the Auburn University Tigers tomorrow's game, Deep South's oldest rivalry against Georgia. Before we let you get out of here, I want to know your thoughts on tomorrow's ball game and give us a score prediction.
9: I think Georgia. Um, I think I think Georgia's defense will ultimately be the difference, but I think Jordan Hare Stadium, you're going to see Jordan Hare in all of its glory tomorrow. I think that stadium and the crowd is going to play a huge factor in the game. Got Stetson Bennett, who has not really been on the road. I know he played at Alabama last year, and all that. That was COVID times. This is going to be a different environment. Last week's win against LSU gave the Auburn fans hope and gave the Auburn fans life. And Jern Harris is going to come alive on Saturday afternoon.
1: You got a score prediction? I think prediction. Auburn's
9: going to cover. I think Auburn's going to cover. I don't think Georgia wins by by 14, but I think it's going to be or 15 plus. I think it's gonna be something like twenty four to thirteen, something like that, where it's close and then Georgia finds a score in the fourth quarter to uh to pull away and win the game.
1: And that seems to be a, a very common prediction out there, uh and, and very um it seems to be on the mark considering you see the line and you see how this thing can play out that's been kind of the story of this Auburn Georgia series recently when Auburn loses they don't score a lot Georgia doesn't either but they don't score a lot Scott appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today
9: yeah y'all have a good one
1: you too Scott have a great weekend that was Scott Bagwell Auburn High School Sports Network play-by-play announcer we'll be back with more of on the line on the other side of this break
0: On the Line on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM and ESPN
1: 106.7. Back on On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Noah Gardner now joined by Lee Scott football head coach Buster Daniel. Coach, it's a good looking day
8: outside. How you doing today? Man, I am wonderful. I'm glad to see the sunshine,
1: Miley. You guys have a road trip to Valiant Cross Academy tonight, but before we get to that, let's rewind to last week against Bessemer Academy. A 35-12 to win. What would you see from you guys?
8: Well, I saw a game of two halves. Uh, you know, we didn't play very well the first half. You know, we, we uh, scored 14 points. but gave up 12. One of was on the block punt, and uh, one was a long pass over top. that got them in scoring position. But uh, our guys did uh, a lot of things wrong in the first half. I mean not on purpose you know just made mistakes just didn't play very well and uh came back out second half and scored 21 unanswered points um uh, you know to steal the game for us but we played a lot better our defensive side of the ball we played really well and I was proud of those guys for that
1: of course last week the talk was about earning respect and a statement was made on the road in Birmingham but the message is still clear to your team there's still work to be done and there is still respect to be earned
8: oh absolutely you know what you know, we we don't. I don't. I don't look at the rankings and all that stuff. All that's for for newspaper writers and, and you know parents and stuff like that. We can't get caught up in that kind of stuff. We just got we got to keep worrying about Lee Scott getting us better each week and each day. And uh, and you know, let, let all that ranking stuff be for the fans. But you know, we we've got a goal in mind, which is to to get to the championship game and see what happens there. But and you know, that goal is still in reach. You know, we got to play good tonight uh, to beat Valley Across, and uh, that'll that'll somewhat. Uh, not lock it down but put us in a really good chance to to be second in our region and host the first round playoff game so you know we still got work to do the guys know that we know that and uh, that's that's our number one goal is just get better each day
1: the goal is still in front of you you control your own destiny and with three games left you have two region games coming up back to back including tonight's game against Valiant Cross you'll get a bye week and then you've got Morgan Academy at the end of the season on October 29th how do you want to see your team finish
8: well, you know, I sit right in this day. I like to see us go three and zero the next three games, but you know, we've got to take them one one game at a time, and and uh, you know, just, just worry about the team we're facing now. We can't look too far down the road when you start doing that. You know, you overlook any team. You know, you can get beat on any given Friday night. So we got to play them one game at a time and uh, just see what happens and continue to just work in each day.
1: Looking at your opponent for tonight, Value Cross Academy. You know you, you look last week and you see what Bessemer did and they tried to stretch you guys out horizontally on run plays on pass plays. You're facing an athletic team tonight. Did these two games back to back against each other kind of help you guys prepare for Valiant Cross this week?
8: Oh, absolutely. You know they they they're a lot of same style, you know, same kind of defensive front, you know, they run hard fronts, uh, the same as Valiant and uh, you know, and 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 having good athletes we played last week, it does prepare us for this week now. I think Valiant is a little more athletic and uh, got a little more team speed. Um, but, you know, playing two good teams in a row always helps you. Uh, so just preparing for the next one, but um, good football team tonight, very athletic. Uh, we've, we've got to keep them contained. Their quarterback is very athletic, very fast. If we let him get on the edge, you know, he can take it to the distance. So uh, we just got to, we just got to play at least got football and, and do the things we know how to do, uh, play our techniques and, uh, you know, just play the best we can. you know, we, come out on top great if we get beat play the best we can do hey team's better than we are
1: what type of challenges does valiant cross present tonight against your team
8: well just the athletic aspect of it you know they're very athletic and have a lot of team speed so we just got to cont- try to control that uh, our goal is to keep the ball away from it you know if we can do that that's the best defense we can play if we got the ball in our hands
1: and your running game has been so successful this season you could churn out long periods of time off on the clock what are you seeing from those guys as we're six games in
8: well, you know, we're spreading the wealth. We, you know, we don't have a guy that's getting 200 yards rushing the game. We've got you got three or four or five guys, that's uh, you know, getting 40, 50, and 80, 90, 100 yards rushing, you know, each week. And that's what we want to do, you know, spread the wealth and let everybody get a chance and, you know, keep people on their toes. Uh, you know, we got one guy that's running the football every single time. Well, you can key on him. And we don't have that. You know, we got two good quarterbacks. We've got three good running backs. we got receivers. So we can spread the wealth and uh, just let everybody touch it and keep keep things spread out
1: tonight's game being played at Faulkner University and me and you talked earlier in the week and I know it's not a big difference playing with bigger stands around you or anything like that but you know is there anything different about playing on turf or 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 playing in a different type of environment like this rather than the fact that you guys have been playing on actual natural grass
8: yeah yeah it does a little bit of difference I, I think it's I think it's better to play on turf that's just my opinion uh you know a lot of people are different from that but um you know, whether it rains or whether it's dry, you know, the, the footing's pretty good on the turf. Uh we took uh we took our guys over to Opelac on Monday in practice and they saw you know the difference it was pouring that rain right before we got there, you know, in ten minutes it's pretty good traction on the field. So, you know, it, it, it it's it's better playing there. I don't think the size of the stadium is any different. You know, the football field's hundred and twenty yards long, hundred yards playing field, and it's all the same. Now the hashes may be different, the goalposts may be different, but it's still a football field and and uh, there's not that much difference in it.
1: Coach, what are the keys to tonight's ballgame?
8: Well, like I said, we've got to contain their speed. Uh, The biggest way to do that is keep the ball in our own hands and and sustain long drives. I told the coach this morning that if we could get four long drives, I think we would win the football game because that cuts out on the clock and the time they have the ball. But uh, cut down on mistakes and uh, have no no stupid penalties.
1: Good luck tonight, Coach. We appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today.
8: Thank you, Noah, and go Warriors.
1: That is Lee Scott football head coach Buster Daniel talking some Lee Scott football with us.
3: Lance, we got a college football game to talk about. Absolutely, yeah. Auburn versus Georgia, the final game here on the docket for us to pick. Georgia currently a 15-point favorite. The line was opened at 14.5, moved up to 15.5, and and the uh, the evening before the kickoff, it has moved back down half a point to 15. Sting? want to get your opinion first who do you think is going to win this game and why
6: i have wrestled with it
3: all week and
6: i think i've i I don't know i've tried to find the best way to describe how i'm gonna pick do it one of the best lessons i ever learned was to bet with your head and not with your heart do it
0: bet with your head
6: and my heart is going to be in it for 60 minutes tomorrow. I'm going to hope against hope that I am wrong, but my head tells me that it's just not going to be enough what Auburn does tomorrow. They're going to try and they're going to leave everything out there on the field, but it's just not going to be enough. I think Georgia wins a close one. I don't think they cover this line, but I think the Bulldogs win and I hope I'm wrong.
3: Both quarterbacks dealing with injuries. It's at Jordan Hare. It's a CBS kickoff game. Auburn's got momentum coming off of that LSU win. Like Scott Bagwell said, Jordan Hare is going to be alive and well on Saturday. I just don't think that it's going to be enough against Georgia's defensive and offensive lines. I just think they're the trenches are going to be the most important part of this game. And everything that Georgia wants to do is going to stem off the fact that they will just simply be better. And that's the reason why I think Georgia win this game. 27-17 is the score that I wrote on auburnwire.com. And that's what I'm going to stick with.
1: Break it down a little bit more. You'll give me 20 minutes on Kentucky beating LSU. Break
3: it down a little <laughs> bit. I know I know this game's splitting you guys apart. Take me through it. Well, you look at what Auburn is going to try and do offensively, right? They're good at running the ball. The receivers are inexperienced, and they've not really been able to, to create a lot of consistency and chemistry with Bo Nix so far this season. Georgia has been one of the best uh, rushing defenses in the entire country. If Auburn wants to run Tank Bixby, who is not 100%, or Jarquez Hunter, I have the feeling that they're going to be able to do that. Auburn's offensive line has been really good in run blocking, that's been well documented this season. I just it's strength on strength there and I prefer Georgia after seeing what they've done this season they've got really talented huge physical defensive linemen
6: and I think it'll be next to impossible for Auburn to run the ball between the tackles
3: exactly and then well Auburn's gonna have to throw the ball then right it's very similar to what Auburn's going to try to do to Stetson Bennett in this Georgia offense Auburn's gonna try and throw the ball right I just don't know if they're gonna be able to get any separation against this Georgia and if secondary they do
6: the receivers might drop the ball exactly how many did they drop
3: against lsu is five harsh. or six stop that uh, five Bad mojo it, it was five or six and then you look at georgia their offensive line i think even with their quarterbacks banged up i think they're going to be able to establish the run just a little bit and then i think the passing game is going to open up off that look auburn did not play lsu straight up on saturday like we're going to sell out for the pass we're going to drop eight or nine guys into coverage and we're going to make you beat us through the air or at least try to, because you know, we know you can't run the ball. They're going to have to be able to account for both things on Saturday because Georgia has a plethora of receivers and tight ends that can get open against the secondary that we have seen time and time again this year just get exposed. So I, that's those are the reasons why I think Auburn is it's going to be close because of the crowd, and the emotions, and the momentum, but I think Georgia comes away with it at the end.
1: I think Auburn didn't play LSU straight up last week because they knew they had to get some respect in the passing game to be able to move forward this season. So I don't think that's because Auburn can't beat a team like LSU up front. They can't win eight or nine. Guys are in the box, but that's impossible anyway, it's just because of numbers. Not because LSU's good and Auburn's bad. It's it's because numbers. And that and that's just plain and simple. Um, but I understand what you're saying. I'm taking Auburn to win this ballgame. I've kind of alluded to it all week. There is an Auburn y quality. To this team. Auburnist levels peak right now for Auburn. My radar is just all over the place right now because of how Auburn y this team is. And what I mean by that is you think to the years where Auburn has had special seasons, special things happened throughout that year. Things that you couldn't really explain with logic, but they happened because Jordan Harris is a special place to go and play some football. I think the Auburn defense is going to be able to limit what Georgia wants to do on offense enough to give Auburn just enough points. Auburn has not fully fleshed out this offense yet. And what did I say on last week's show? I said that we were going to see this Auburn offense explode, not necessarily in points, but in terms of what they were doing in their playbook, they were going to continue to build out of it. And what did they do? They started running that crazy pitch play with Jarquez Hunter and they did a lot of other things that we hadn't necessarily seen yet this year. Kirby Smart doesn't know how to prepare for this team yet. And there are still things that this Auburn offense has not shown yet on film. That is it's going to be able to give them just enough points to be able to win this game. I liked tied the Tigers prediction earlier. I don't know if Auburn gets past 20 points, but I don't know if Georgia gets past 15 or 16 either. I could take a 19 to 16 win. Give me the Tigers.
3: Again, it's just the defense for Georgia, I think is a little too much. Like Scott also said, you got to be able to find, or Christian said rather, you got to be able to find explosive plays in this game. How many does Auburn find? We'll just have to wait and see.
1: That's it for another edition of On the Line. We'll be back with you on Monday, same time, same place. You know where to find us.